how encouraging it is to see the work of God being done well, every day right, in this church, from SIQ to uh, the hawkers dinner and hawkers lunch. And it's really such a blessing to be here. Amen? Well, it's a blessing for me because uh, I'm here. Right? <laughs> so, last week, Pastor Mark brought us a sermon on thinking better about mental health. So I thought to be in line with him, I will title my sermon, Feeling Good About Emotional Health. Emotional health is an equally important topic because a lot of times when we think about mental health and how we are doing, uh, we, we think about the conditions that befall us or we think about uh, the difficulty and acceptance that we need. But in emotional health, we can start to take an active step in, in crafting our responses to these emotions that ever come and confront us. So, last week, Pastor Mark mentioned that our emotions do not define us. And that's totally correct. Being angry because your colleague lied, lied to you or because your child disobeyed you this morning or because your wife said something doesn't make you an angry person unless you are angry all the time. Then I got an email for you. It is ihd at coos.org.sg. Uh, we got just that right service for you, okay? But... Our emotions don't define us. So then, what are they? Well, when we think of emotions, or at least when I think of emotions, I generally tend to categorize them into good and bad emotions. So I just wanted to quickly poll us here. Who thinks that being sad is a bad emotion? Anyone? No? All very enlightened? All very, oh, okay. So there's a lot. What about joy? Who here thinks being joyful is a good emotion? Ah, not more people, huh? More people. If someone you know passes away and you are joyful, <laughs> ah, you get what I mean? So you see, emotions by themselves can be neither good nor bad. They are, but what we know of them is that they are a fundamental They are a fundamental aspect of the human experience. If you rob somebody of all their emotions, they become a robot. And that is certainly not human at all. And the one person that does show us how important and how integral our emotions are to us in all of life is, of course, our Lord Jesus. Jesus had the full range of emotions, from sad when he cried over Lazarus to joyful when the disciples came back and reported to him the things that they had done. Emotions are so clearly seen in Jesus and they, that means that they are part of God's perfect design, God's good plan for each one of us. Emotions are powerful signals that call for a response from each and every one of us whenever they come up. And it, but it is in these responses or what I would like to tell us today is, are emotional habits which define or determine whether we are emotionally healthy or whether we are emotionally dysfunctional. So, I've, uh, uh, I've, when I was thinking about this myself, whether I had any uh, bad emotional habits, I thought about to 12 years ago. Not that I don't have any now, <laughs> it's just that 12 years ago, I had more. Right? 12 years ago, I wasn't in church yet, uh, not yet, wasn't serving in church yet, I was a real estate agent 
And as real estate agents, you, sometimes you have bad days, some days you have good days. The bad days is when you meet up with uh, some clients that maybe are very rude to you, that uh, sort of jerk your chain, pull you along, and, and they have no intention of going with you. And when I met up with those bad days, what I would say is, oh man, today was horrible. Walked for so many hours and nothing happened. You know what? I deserve a treat. So, after that, I'll go, I'll sit down at a bar, and I'll drink one pint of beer, or six. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, next day, right? Then, the, but other days were good days, like I mentioned. Good days, you know, you walk in, and then the, the client call you, you know. The client call you, hey, I need this. I'm like, praise a lot for you. You know, you are God's blessing in life. And we go out, and we go and view all the things, and they're all very happy, they're all very glowing, and they're ready to sign on the paper. And those are good days. So, when I had a good day, you know what I would say? Wow, oh, today's so good. I deserve a treat. That's right. And I'll go to Morton's and I'll order a cheeseburger. Or oh, six. <laughs> right. Oh, so good. What do you think? I place myself under your judgment. Is that an emotionally healthy habit? No, right? fast track to coronary disease. <laughs> Actually, there's a name for it, you know. There's a name for that kind of uh, emotional habit. Do you know what it is? When you see, it's also the same thing that happens when you sit down in front of your favourite anime in, on Netflix or favourite show on Netflix and watch 24 episodes all at one go. That's right. Binging. Binging is a coping mechanism uh, to deal with certain emotions. And there are many other bad coping mechanisms just like it. Binging is coping through consumption. But there are other things like denial. When somebody says you've got a problem and then you look at them and say, you have a problem, right? That's denial, coping through denial. Fixation, coping through obsession. When things get too hectic, maybe you just go and game for eight hours straight and then wake up late and start again because you're in such a bad place. The next one is codependency, coping through relationship. When things don't go wrong, when things go right, it's only because something good happens to that person you, you care about or you are obsessive about. Guilt tripping, coping through manipulation, catastrophizing, coping through self-blame. The list goes on and on and on. There are many bad emotional habits. And just like my example earlier, we know these emotional habits are wrong. Why? Because they are destructive. I was destroying my body, my mental health, when I drank so much and ate so much. Right? Praise the Lord, He has delivered me. It is destructive and unhelpful. Not only do they not make us feel good, they make us feel much, much worse after. Nobody has ever felt great after watching 24 episodes of Breaking Bad at one shot. <laughs> Literally nobody. <laughs> okay? But that's, this is, generally speaking, what about us as followers of Jesus? As followers of Jesus, actually, our emotions are meant not just to be managed or make us feel better. They are meant to glorify God. What counts as emotionally healthy for us as followers of Jesus is that our response to whatever emotions come our way, be they sad, be they disgust, be they contempt, be they any of those above, is that we 
in responding to them, will always glorify our Father in heaven. Emotional health for us then means cultivating good emotional habits that, when lived out, glorify God not only personally in our spiritual work with God, but outwardly to everyone who sees us. Recall Matthew 5, when Jesus calls us that city on the hill, that light of the world, the salt of the earth, He says, so shine your light before men that when others look at you, they would praise your Father in heaven. They would praise your Father in heaven. They glorify your Father in heaven. You know, Jesus, when He was on earth, He was angry. He chased people with whip. He was sad when, people, when Lazarus died. But even when He was doing all those things, He glorified God. Everybody could see He was glorifying God. And actually, we, who have the Spirit of Christ in us, we should be no different. So, I think I've told us a bit about emotions. Before we enter our text today, let us pray for God's voice in the sermon. May the words of my lips, O Lord, and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, Christ, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, before we get into the text today, I'm going to give us a bit of a heads up. This sermon is going to be a bit more interactive, okay? So you must help me, help you, no? <laughs> help me, okay? So that we can learn more about this together. We are going to look at the life of Samson, an ancient judge of Israel, and we are going to sit in the judgment seat over him, okay? Uh, it may sound bad, but we have to do this to, to learn a bit more about emotional health. And we will judge him through that lens through what is emotionally healthy. Is that all right? Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very supported right now. <laughs> for the sermon today, we will be, for the majority of the time, referring to the last chapter of Samson's life in Judges chapter 16. But for the sake of time, because it's quite long, we won't be reading every line. Uh, so to start off, let's read from the text on the screen. One, two, three. Now, Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there, and went in to her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. Verse 4, Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him, and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please, tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. But you know, these, so immediately we see in this text that Samson's emotional habit when he sees a woman may be quite suspect, right? When he looks at a woman, he's immediately thinking of something. But maybe we're saying, okay, this is the last part of his life. Maybe he, he grew up into it. But this is also evident in the earlier part of Samson's life. And we see this also, this pattern also in Judges 14, verses 1 to 2. And let's read this together. Now, Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I've seen a woman in Timnah, of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, 
get her for me as a wife. Okay, now is a great time for us to pause and listen and hear what we've just said, what we've all read. We've read something quite similar, right? Three times. So it's a repeated pattern. One would call a habit. Now, let us evaluate Samson. When Samson sees a woman, what is his emotional habit? What do you think? Ha <laughs> ha, I can hear it. Yes, last. This is a very nice Christian way of saying the thing that we're thinking. So, he immediately indulges his lust. He looks upon a woman and lusts after her immediately. Is there a problem with this? I mean, yeah, that's right. There is a problem with it because why? The Bible says so. Or is there an actual problem with this? It is a problem because, not just because the Bible says so, because the Bible is true, thank you Lord Jesus, but our bad emotional habits will tend to lead us to toxic situations. Bad emotional habits lead to worse outcomes. If all we did was last after somebody and then that was it, fine, not, nobody harm, maybe it's consensual, whatever is the case, whatever, you know, maybe it's not so bad. But the truth is, it often leads to much worse consequences than that. And we find that in the following text. Of course, the next section of our text is going to be verse 7 to 14. And it sort of describes the dynamic which Samson enters in with Delilah with his bad emotional habits. I'm not going to read us the whole text, but I'll just summarise to us what happens in this dynamic as Samson relates to Delilah. So each time Samson goes to Delilah and lasts after her, she'll ask her, she will ask him, what is the secret of your strength? Because she wants the money that the Philistines have offered her. And it goes like this. She'll ask him, Samson will lie to her about the source of his strength. He will say either, oh, if you bind me with bowstring, I cannot, then I'll lose my strength. Or he say, buy me a fresh rope, I will lose my strength. Or he say, tie my hair to the weaving loom, I will lose my strength and you'll be able to bind me and I'll be like a normal man. He'll lie over and over and over to her. But that's not all. After he lies, she will actually actively betray him. Every lie. You know, it's like if I tell you I hate oranges and then the next day you come and you give me oranges, will I, will I like tell you more things about myself? No, right? I'll be like, huh. then you say, eh, what else do you like? <laughs> right, I like fish, then you can't give me a snake. Yes. What's going on here? Samson, however, with his, he lusted after Delilah. And this thing clouded his vision. Regardless of how many times she betrayed him, he wanted something from her. And he would keep going on in this cycle. But even then, that is not all. She would betray him. And then when he would chase the Philistines away and save his own life, you know what she would do? She would go to him and say, why you lie to me? You don't love me. You are just making fun of me. And a normal sane person would say, thank God I lied to you. <laughs> Otherwise I did. But this is the dynamic, you know. Okay, now we can pause again. Who won Delilah as a friend? <laughs> yeah, right. You were like, look at her and say, get thee behind me, Satan, right? 
Nobody wants such a friend like this. They're so toxic. Of course, this is mutual. Huh? Delilah is toxic to Samson. Samson is toxic to Delilah. This toxic relationship comes about as the result of our bad emotional habits. Samson's indulgence to lust. This, is, this relationship, very quickly summarized, is a relationship built on lies, betrayal, guilt-tripping, and eventually death. Every time, it's a death gamble. I'm glad all we can immediately recognize this type of relationship as emotionally toxic. But I wonder whether we know of people who are similarly caught in such cycles. You know, they are looking for something, looking for love maybe of a father or of a mother or just acceptance in general. And they engage in exploitative, manipulative relationships. And I wonder for us, not just for others, but whether we might be caught in such cycles ourselves. And of course we think, I have no Delilah in my life. But to be honest, sometimes it doesn't need to be so in your face. Sometimes it's every time, sometimes it's the little things your wife says that triggers you. Like, why, don't, why you never wash the dishes today? And then in the heart, boom! Because don't you know how much I do every day? La, 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 la. Oh. Bad emotional habit. Toxic outcome. Maybe it's our children, you know. They say you hate you. Then it's like, ah! Immediately, your identity as a father, a mother, older brother, older sister is crushed to pieces. And then your emotional habits take over and you penalise that person for it. We don't need a Delilah. Our, our, we have our own bad emotional habits ourselves, such as eating too much or drinking too much on good and bad days. So we might think that toxic relationships are as bad as it gets. But to be frank, it can always get worse. Bad emotional habits lead to toxic relationships. But toxic relationships lead to bondage. And we find this in Judges 16. It says, Scripture says, And it came to pass, when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, he told her all his heart. Samson said to Delilah, If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines. And let's read this together. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Toxic relationships do invariably lead us to bondage. You know, we may not have people who want to put out our eyes and make slaves of us here, but actually we face very similar consequences when we indulge in our bad emotional habits. You know, in Samson's day, indulging in the bad emotional habit of lust made him go to see prostitute, makes him go to 
women that maybe are not so suitable for him, women that betray him. But for us, it's a lot more convenient. We don't need to go anywhere. We have our phones. We just press the power button, put your biometric nowadays, don't need to key anything in. And internet porn is available. Our toxic relationship with our, our own desires, our own emotions, they will lead us to bondage. Bondage with porn. Bondage to food. Bondage to alcohol. Bondage to gambling. Bondage to all these other more sinister enemies. The true enemies of God. And this is exactly what happened to Samson. After he was betrayed by Delilah, yeah, sure, they were engaging in a very, very bad relationship. And I'm sure he, it, text even says, he was vexed to death, want to die. But that was not the worst. He would actually be blinded and brought as a slave to a country that did not fear God, that actually would use him for their own entertainment. And this is the same consequence we face when we indulge in our bad emotional habits. It leads us down the dark path and leads us into bondage. So, how? What if we are already stuck in a cycle like this? What if we are already addicted to something or another? Is there hope for us? The answer is yes. Samson, for his entire life, gave in to his bad emotional habits. But, as we all might know, that is not the end of his story. In fact, even in the text we just read, there's a sliver of hope in that text because in verse 22, we get a new, an inkling of a new hope. Let's read this together. However, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. A bit weird, right? Like, somebody come and put out your eyes, bring you as a slave to their country, and then the Bible starts talking about hair. Gives me hope, because sometimes when I look in the mirror, I think male pentatet balding is a, is, a, is a specter over me. And then I'm like, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. But, thank you, brother. But what it means to say is this. It means to say that as long as we are, we are open to God, as long as we are open to God, changing our heart, coming and cultivating good emotional habits in our life, as long as we are open, just a bit, a hair's breath of an opening, God can come, save us from our bad and dark emotional habits and bring us into his marvellous light. Well, how can we do this? The last section of our text today in Judges 16, from verses 26 to 30, gives us three ways, uh, not three ways, four ways, which we might break from our toxic emotional cycles and get emotionally healthy. So let's say that, I want, I want you to repeat after me, get emotionally healthy. Okay, let's try that one. One, two, three. Get emotionally healthy. Praise the Lord. You're, okay, and just as a reminder, 
for us, emotionally healthy is a lot more than just feeling okay. Ah. It means that our emotions must glorify God. Okay, the four ways are this. Becoming, one, becoming more aware of our emotions. Two, praying to God to help us change, especially how we respond to our emotions. Three, cooperating with God to discipline our emo- and cultivate good emotional habits. And four, maybe even getting a little help from our friends. So the first one, becoming aware of our emotional habits. We find this actually a bit in Judges 16, 27. By the way, I'm going to read a bit more allegorically into this text so that we can pull out the great meaning uh, as regarding emotional health, okay? So, verse 27. It says, Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof, watching while Samson performed. Okay, when you read this verse, it sounds very, how come Samson is suddenly performing, right? But let me give you a bit of context as what's happening here. When Samson was captured and made a grinder in the prison, they, at this point of time, they had taken him out of that prison to do something. It was to perform at one of their religious festivals. He wasn't a priest of the foreign god, but they were probably trying to clown on Samson. They're trying to get him to dance and say, hey, look, Yahweh, you know, use him as a tool to mock God. And that was his fate. He's blinded. He's enslaved. What can he do but listen to his dark masters? Listen to the, the enemies of God that have a hold on him. And so he performed in front of thousands of people. Here, however, when Samson is blind, being shamed, and his dignity being taken away, for the first time in his life, Samson is not looking at his own feelings, not looking at what he wants to achieve. He's looking clearly at his situation. After the Philistines had removed his eyes, his physical eyes, this is a moment where Samson gains a, a time of clarity. He begins to see that he is no longer that hero of Israel, no longer killing thousands, a thousand men with a jawbone of an ass, no longer setting fire to the whole of Philistia. He is a slave. He is a slave with no rights, no dignity, and performing for his masters. This is a very difficult thing to accept. So, to sort of help us realise how difficult it might be, I want all of us now to look to the person uh, who we are closest to, look to them right now. Turn to the, that person. Right. Look them in the eye, okay? Look that straight in the eye. Maintain eye contact. Okay, continue maintaining eye contact. Are you ready to ask them the question? Are you ready to ask them a question? Ask them, what do my emotional habits tell you, tell you about me? <laughs> Some people laugh, huh? I know why you did that. You know why? It's not easy, right? Or oh, want to say already the words suddenly from here go all the way back down. You know, if my wife was standing here, I was staring her in the face. You know, I would say, say, your emotional habits show me that you're the angel of God. 
You see what I did there? I totally evaded the question. Because it's not comfortable. It is not comfortable. It's not comfortable to hear the truth. And even more difficult to accept it. But it is the first step. To get emotionally healthy, we must understand, we must be aware of our emotional habits. Because only then can we begin to change them. So that's the first step. Become aware of our emotional habits. The second step is prayer. And we get this in Judges 16, 28. It says, Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, Let's read this together. O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my eyes. Okay, I'm not telling you to go take vengeance on anybody. Ah. But here we get to see Samson. He's clear now. He's clear. I, he, he, he knows his situation. He knows what needs to change. And here we get to see a bit more of Samson's imperfection. He says, strengthen me just this once. As if his whole life God had, did not strengthen him to do all the great works he did. But he realizes at this point, he's a slave. He's blind. One who fight also, wow. He cannot see people to fight. He has no ability to do anything. And he realizes that in his enslavement, in his situation, only one person can help him. Truly overcome it. God. And so he prays to him. And I think, for me, it's, it, really, it really springs some hope in my heart. A great hope, actually. An unerring hope. That whoever here, you may be addicted to whatever it is. Gaming, the adoration of others, your job, whatever it is. There's, if, even if you are too weak to break that, those bonds right now, God is strong. He is a very strong God. And if we pray to Him, He can give us the power to overcome. He can strengthen us, just like He did Samson. And we can begin to break those bondages that our emotional habits have locked us into. Prayer is that very important part of this. For the Christian we have more than just our own strength. We have God's strength to help us break through. The third way we can become emotionally healthy is to cooperate with God. Judges 16 verse 30. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And let's read this in red together. And he pushed with all his might. And the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. You know, God can give you the strength. God can give you the conviction. God can give you the power. But if you do not push with your mind to change yourself, to cultivate good emotional habits, nothing will become of it. You know, here I'm not talking about like, being Superman and going collapse a building on your own, you know. I'm talking about those little steps we take. You know, if anger is your emotional habit, if every time somebody talks to you, you get or your wife talks to you, you get angry. I know some I know this applies to me. 
I used to apply more to me. Uh, I'm not saying. Applied more to me when my mom would start talking. You know, sometimes my mom would talk to me. Praise the Lord, she was in the previous service. But this will be online. So, <laughs> hi, mom. She would talk to me, you know, and I would just feel like, oh my gosh, she'd keep going on and on. And then sometimes she'll repeat herself. Then I'm like, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. <laughs> right? And I start being very sharp and short with her. Yes, no. How come? Tell me. No. Please, stop. You know, things like that. And one day, uh, God say, oh, that's how you talk to your mother. <laughs> very direct, you know. And I was like, oh, I have not given her the time of day. You know, I still don't find it easy when she, she still does it. She still does the same thing, okay? But I wait. I say, okay, five more minutes. Five more minutes. I used to say five more minutes. Then I'll time, you know, I'll time it. Now I'm like, thanks, mom. I'm going, I'm going to chill out. So thank you very much. Five minutes. Then it became five plus five. Then it became five plus five plus five. Then I said, Lord, 15 minutes very long. <laughs> then he said, 77 times seven, bro. Then I was like, okay, five plus five plus five plus five. <laughs> and now I just sit down and listen to her. Praise the Lord. Uh, until, uh, until hopefully she run out of saliva. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? God gave me the strength to plus five. He didn't give me the strength to plus ten. Huh? Well, whoever is that, praise the Lord. But give me plus five, okay, I do plus five. That is our cooperation with God. We can cultivate good emotional habits, throw away bad ones by cooperating with God, acting in the grace God gives us one step at a time. And finally, the last one is get a little help from our friends. Judges 16 verse 26. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. You know, sometimes we may be in a place where we are totally stuck. We cannot get up for ourselves. Even our little bit of cooperation fails over and over again. And every time we try, we just get more discouraged. We are, as it were, in a rut. And this is where we can realise we are not alone. Remember that person I said, look into the eye of? That is your partner in crime. Or in this case, your emotionally healthy partner. Right? They can help you move one step forward, one little step forward at a time. They can encourage you, tell you the word of God, encourage you with their presence, encourage you with their love to move from where we are to where God is calling us to be. Here, Samson was blind and just this little boy, a lad, was his help. His help to make his life from a zero Maybe even worse than a zero. He was now a laughing stock, a mock, a, a, a symbol of mocking to the great God. To move from that to once again being the hero of Israel. So, in summary, we all have natural respo emotional responses, and we respond to everything that happens to us, whether good or bad. 
However, we do not need to habitually gratify each one of our emotions. We do not need to give in to our bad emotional habits. Instead, we can train good emotional habits by the grace of God, with the help of others, by prayer and by being aware, to help us respond in emotionally healthy ways, to help us glorify God with our emotions. For this is what it means to be emotionally healthy as the followers of Jesus Christ. So, to end our sermon today, I want to bring us through a bit of exercise. Is that okay? Okay. So, I would like us, for all of us now, to bow our heads and close our eyes and let us enter into a time of personal intimacy with God. I want us to think about our own life these past two days. Or if you are very, very saintly, uh, think about the whole week. <laughs> Usually, there's some very significant event, uh, emotionally speaking. What is that event? What is that first significant event that comes to mind? And what emotions arose during that event or when you think of the event? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you disgusted? Are you angry? Are you bitter? Why? What has caused this? Now, as you identify the emotion, I want you to ask yourself, did you act as Jesus would have acted? In that moment, in that significant event, was Jesus even on your mind? What bad emotional habit did you resort to at that time? I want you to name it. Or at least describe the action in your own mind. You don't need to tell it to the person beside you right now. And when you have it, I want you to give it up to God. I want you to say, Oh Lord, this, whatever habit it was, I give it to you. Take my emotional brokenness. Now, last part. I want you to ask God to show you what it means to act like Christ in that moment. Ask Him to give you a vision of what Christ would do if He were in your shoes. And ask God for help to do that. Father, we have no power to be your instruments of peace on our own. 
We have no power to glorify you with our emotions as we are. But Lord, you have the power to bring us there and to make us instruments of your peace. And so Lord, whenever we are inclined to hatred, let us choose to sow love. Wherever we are inclined to injure others, let us give them forgiveness. Wherever we are inclined to doubt your goodness, O God, help us show faith. When we are in despair, O God, be our hope. Where there is darkness in our lives, Lord, shine your light. Where there is sadness, God, make us rejoice. O Lord, may you make us instruments of your peace. May you help us glorify you, not just in works and word, but also in our emotions and in every part of our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So before I close our service, I would like to give us a bit of homework. And this is where people say no. But I think it's really important. And I think if we embark on it together, something amazing might happen at the end of the week. We just went through the exercise. It barely took us five minutes. I want us to do that every day. And after we do that, you know your partner, which I ask you to look your, in, into the eyes of? You share it with them. Or with someone who is, who is able to help you along. And as your share, I'm convicted that if you do this exercise this week, you will see God move in your life. God change you and bring His divine emotional health into your being. Amen? Okay. Now, let us rise as I give us the benediction and dismiss us from service. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, with us all now and evermore. Amen. God bless you, church. The service ended. Have a wonderful week.